Well, I'm excited here to speak here this morning. I'm continuing on the theme that you guys, I think, kicked off last week, which is about living on purpose. And I've been asked to speak with you over the next three hours and 30... No, not three hours? Sorry. Oh, 30 minutes. I've been asked to speak to you over the next 30 minutes, and I want to speak to you from this subject, stepping onto the pages of his story. Stepping onto the pages of his story. You know, Hebrews 12, 2 actually gives us a beautiful picture of who God is, that he's an author and that he's writing a story. It's a beautiful story of our lives. And as we keep our eyes on him, he's writing an incredible story. And this morning, he wants to invite us to step off the pages of the old story of our life and actually step onto the pages of his story, a story of love, a story of grace, a story of goodness, a story of provision instead of the pain and the hurt and the disappointment, which some of us might be feeling in our old story. And you know, this morning as you're sitting here, there'd be many of us who'd be living an incredible story where we're firing on all cylinders and God has absolutely blessed us. But no matter how good our story is, who knows that with Jesus, the story can always be a little bit better. There's always more grace. There's always more forgiveness. There's always more goodness. But for others of us that we're here this morning and we're living a story that we don't like, we're living a story that we didn't write. And it's almost like someone stole the pen out of our hands and scribbled on the pages of our life and written pain and written shame and written disappointment. And God wants to take that pen which the devil has stole out of our life and start to rewrite the stories of our life and rewrite hope and rewrite faith so we can dream again, so we can love again and actually become all that he wants us to be. Anyone ready to step onto the pages of God's story this morning? You know, as I talk about that story, to make it really clear, I love that John 10.10 gives us the most beautiful picture of what this story is. And, you know, for those of us where the devil has taken the pen and put a full stop, God wants, to know that, wants you to know that that's not a full stop, it's a comma, that the story's not over yet, that there's more to the story. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, there's more to the story. There's more to the story. And here's the more to the story that I'd like us to see. In John 10.10, 10, it gives us a picture of God's purpose, of God's story for our life. In John 10.10, 10, it says this, that actually there's two purposes for our lives. One is what the devil wants, and one is what God wants. And it says this in John 10.10, in the New Living Translation, it says that the thief has a purpose for our life. And his purpose is to steal our joy, to kill our hope, and destroy our future. But God is here this morning to rewrite your story and give you an invitation to step off that old page and step onto the new page of his story. And his story is that we, his purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I love what it says in the old King James Version, the new King James Version of John 10, 10. It says, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. That God doesn't want to just give us eternal life but he wants to give us abundant life. That Jesus came that we would not only have our names written in the book of life, but we would have life written in our book. Isn't that beautiful? That God actually came for some of us here this morning and we think that the Christian story is just that God would make us holy so we'd go to heaven, but there's more to the story. He doesn't want us just holy, he wants us healthy in our relationships. He wants us healthy in our mind. He wants us healthy in our body. That's what Jesus did. Anything that was sick, he touched, it became whole. He wants us happy. You know, he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross so we can enjoy the crown. Life is supposed to be enjoyed. 
He wants us to be holy, healthy, happy, and he wants us to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and be high on life. And I want to came with a very simple but very, I believe, effective message that you can step off the pages of the old story. And you can step onto the pages of a new incredible story that God wants to write in you and through you. It is a bestseller. It is the purpose that God has for our lives. Why don't we pray one more time? Father, we just thank you that you are here. We thank you for your presence coming to us, your people. We thank you that there is power that is available for us to fulfill the purpose that you have for our life. And that purpose that we would become just like Jesus, holy, healthy, happy, and experience heaven on earth. Well, step it onto the pages of his story. You know, as Pastor Nat said, I did actually go on a 40-day fast. It was actually October, November 2014 when I went on a 40-day fast because I really needed to hear from God and get some clarity about the things that I felt he was calling us to do. Uh, one of those was planning a church over in Miami, which is not a small feat. And um, so we, I really needed to hear from God and make sure this was not just a good idea, but a God idea. And also we were praying whether we, you know, had the strength or the capacity and the wherewithal to have a, four, a third baby. Now we've had four, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but I really needed to see God about some stuff. And so I went on this 40-day fast, and it's amazing. Probably one of the greatest times in my life on that 40-day fast. It actually got to that point where, you know, in the Bible where Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. During those 40 days, I actually got to the point where it felt that my food, what energized me was actually the word of God. I actually didn't need physical food. It was hard to eat after 40 days. So I didn't feel like I needed it. And it's the most beautiful thing to seek God about great decisions. And maybe some of you might go on a 24-hour fast just to hear from God because you need to hear from God. And he speaks. Can I just say that he does speak? He speaks. You know, in those 40 days, God gave me the blueprint for the next 40 years of my life. I want you to catch that. In those 40 days, he gave me the blueprint for the next 40 years. And that same Spirit of God is here this morning. I believe that he can give you the blueprint in these next 30 minutes for the next 30 years of your life. That he'd give you keys that would unlock doors upon doors over the next 10 years, the next five years, the next 20 years into the purposes and the promises of God for your life. You know, it's interesting, during that 40-day fast, God spoke to me, and He showed me that every time that heaven encounters earth, that every time God encounters man, that any time our humanity encounters His divinity, it actually follows a four-stage process, a four steps. I like to call them the four chapters of our story. It's amazing that every time that there's an encounter with God, it's never what we sometimes think a jump, but more of a journey. It's not just like we take this massive leap of faith and we've arrived in our Christian life. It's more like not a leap, but a series of steps. It's a walk. We walk by faith. It's a walk of faith. And I tell you that because I know that there's some people here who have become a Christian and thought, is this it? Is this it? Like, there has to be more. There has to be more. I'm not experiencing all that has been promised to me. And I want to show you that maybe you're stuck in chapter one of your story. And maybe today is the opportunity for you to take a, take a next step into chapter two, into chapter three, and experience all that God has for you to see a complete story. I tell you that, look in my eyes, because some of you are stuck. And for God to reroute your destiny, you first have to locate where you are so you can know, instead of going this way, you can start to go the way He wants us to go. And so my prayer for you is one thing, that end of this message, you'd have clarity to know what chapter of the story you're in and how to take a next step into His purposes and His promises. Is that good? 
that's what I'd love you to do. Ask the Holy Spirit, show me, because everybody in this room, look at me. Everybody in this room will fall in one of these four chapters that I'm going to tell you. And so for those taking notes, and for those who want to go to heaven, (laughs) I'm not sure if they're related, but let's just roll with it. Here are the four chapters that God will take us through. Now, honestly, all through, through, during this 40-day fast, through Genesis, through the Revelations, I see all through the Bible, these four chapters. Let me tell you one real quick. Even in Genesis, in the first mention of how God creates the heaven and the earth, he says this. It says, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in verse 2, he goes to show us the purpose for that, why he created us, and also the process. And it says that the earth was three things. It was formless. It was void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Put the scripture up for me, please. It was formless, it was void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. So Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit all together, they did one thing. It says, the Spirit then hovered. That's the fourth thing that happened in verse 2. And the earth was formless, so what did God do? He brought form. It was void, which means empty, so what did He do? He filled it. It was dark. And so what did he do? He spoke and said, let there be light. And so he turned the light on so we could be fruitful and functional. So why was the Spirit hovering? The Spirit was hovering then, the same way he's hovering now, to seek, to search, and to find. And I believe the Holy Spirit that was there at creation is here this morning to do the same thing. He wants to find those who are lost. He wants to form those who are lost into the image of Jesus Christ. And then he wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit of power so that you can function at your highest and your best. I'm telling you all through the Bible, who's excited that we serve a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he wants to form you in his image. He wants you to be fruitful and functional and display you to the world as a display of his glory and his grace working through you. Man, I mean, I just get so excited. All through the Bible, you see these things that God wants to do. And so I call these things the four seasons of a spiritual life, a complete spiritual life. For some of us going through some trouble right now, you might want to see this as the four legs of the table that God will prepare for you in the presence of your enemies so you can eat in abundance and they will watch you eat. It might be four legs of a relay race. I call it the four chapters of your story, and they're this. The first chapter that you might find yourself in is the chapter of discovery, where you're discovered by God. Come on, those taking notes, still want to go to heaven. (laughs) First part chapter is a chapter where you are discovered, discovery. The second chapter is called the development stage. This is where we're developed in the image of Jesus. The third chapter is one, it's a defining moment, a defining chapter where God will define you by the Holy Spirit. And the fourth chapter is one of deployment. That's where God commissions you and sends you out into the world. And in the next 15 minutes, you'll find where you are as I explain these. Now, I showed you in Genesis how those four things happened, where he formed, he he found, he formed, he started to fill it and functional, those four chapters. You know, even those four things actually come from the Great Commission. The Great Commission says, go out into all the earth and I want you to baptize everyone into four things. He says, I want you to baptize them in the name of the, yep, Father-hearted. When you come here on a Sunday service, we put this on so you discover the Father-hearted God. I want you to baptize in the name of the, the Son. That when you come and you find a a group of people you can do life with, we start to form in the image of Jesus. He just develop into that. He says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
that when the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized in there, we're baptized into a power that we, we, we're no, no longer overcome by our circumstances, but we overcome them. And, you know, most of us as Christians, we stop there. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. There's one more. It says this, baptize them in the name of the Father. Matthew 28, verse 19. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next verse, verse 20. And teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. There's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Spirit, and there's what God has spoken to us. In this new day and age, there's a way that God has spoken things to Him. We, don't lead, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our, that you are so important to the purpose of God. You have an integral part to play to see the story of heaven written upon the canvas of our lives and our churches. And who knows, if just one part is missing, the story is incomplete. You know, a beautiful daughter, Hosanna, she loves to do puzzles. And she will get these 10-piece puzzles when she was younger. And now 100-piece puzzles, 500-piece puzzles. She put these immaculate puzzle pieces together to match the picture that's on the box. But she's also got a little brother named Jeremiah. And he loves to hide the puzzle pieces. And so while she's doing these puzzle pieces, he will walk in there and sneakily grab one or two and hide them. And who knows, no matter how much hard work she has done, if just one piece of the puzzle is missing, who knows the story is incomplete. And if you are missing from the story of heaven, then heaven's story on earth will be incomplete because God has placed a unique part of some, himself in you and you matter. You have a part to play and God wants to display you into this world and you'll discover how to walk into that purpose and that promise today. So let's get into this. These are the four chapters of the story. I'm going to look at the first encounter that Jesus had with the disciples. We've seen it in Genesis, you see it in Ezekiel, you see it all through the Bible. I'm going to look at this one because I want to look at the first encounter that Jesus has with his disciples to see the four chapters of the story that he'll walk us through to actually complete that story. For those that are stuck, you become unstuck. For those that have no vision, you get a clear vision of where to go. And it's it, now, who... Jesus walks up to these disciples in Matthew 4, 18, and he says, he says 11 words. And they would leave. Now, remember, this is an agrarian age. So the primary producers of their day are the leaders of industry, the fishermen and the, the farmers. Can you imagine if Jesus came today to the primary producers, the leaders of industry in our technological age, and he said 11 words, and they would leave everything. He'd walk up to Mark Zuckerberg and he would leave his income. He'd leave his inheritance. Come on. Leaders of industry, they would leave their income, their influence, their identity, and their inheritance. Leave everything on just those 11 words. Who would want to know what they are? I would. And the words are this. In Matthew 4, 9, he says, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. In those four words, we see the four chapters of what God's story He wants to write in and through you to walk into the fullness of your purpose and walk into the fullness of your destiny. And I'm telling you, there is more that God wants for you. There's more to the story. The first one is this, that we're discovered by God. In Matthew 4, 8, uh, 4, 8, Matthew 4 19, it says, come. Do you know that word is so pregnant with power that God, the creator of the universe, is actually here seeking you? to find you, but he's calling you. And you know, if you can, that word is so pregnant, it allowed Peter to step out of the boat and to walk to Jesus. That word is so pregnant with power that we can step out of our history and walk into our destiny. If we're willing to step out on the word of God, we can walk through any insecurity that we face. What are those insecurities that are stopping you from walking into the presence of God? 
Is it what people might think about you? Is it something that happened in the past? Well, I'm telling you, you won't drown upon those waters because instead of drowning on the waters, you will drown them with the word of God that says, my God has called me and I can come. Come on, the Father is always calling. Uh, Just a little about me. I was actually born of Jamaican parents. That's where I got my great island tan. And uh, just to let you know, so we actually grew up in so many different places, but we actually lived in a place called Wagga Wagga. Come on, so good they had to name it twice. Anyone know Wagga? A couple people. So sorry about that. Come on, Wagga. So growing up in Wagga, we were blessed to have his three-story house. And the Father is always calling. Let me just say that because why does the Father call? Because where you are and where he is are two completely different places. And he calls you from earthly places so you can get up to heavenly places where he is. You come because he's invited you. And I remember growing up in Wagga, my dad, uh, now let me just say, we've got a few African-looking people here and island-looking people. And you know what I'm about to say because I reckon that African people and island people have kids for one purpose, and that is for slave labor. I don't know what it is, but he would stand upstairs in our three-story house, and he would call me. He'd be like, Terrence, Terrence, come here, man, come here. And I'd run upstairs simply because he was sitting on his bed and he wanted his slippers, which was half a step away. I mean, and I remember one time my dad was calling me from upstairs and I was downstairs in the basement in the music room uh, playing on my headphones. And I didn't know he was calling me because he comes downstairs and he knocks the headphones off my ears and he's like, do you hear me calling you, man? I am calling you why you don't answer me. <laughs> Jamaican father, come on, work with me. Why you not answer me? I was like, is that me so rude? Can you just wait? Now remember, Jamaican father. He says, you click your fingers at me. You tell your father to wait. Listen, boy, listen. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. But wait, then me and your mother will make another one that looks just like you and nobody would know. It might be a little slight exaggeration of how it went down, but it is close to the truth. That is Jamaican Parenting 101 and I recommend it. You know, why didn't I answer my father? Because I was busy doing something I thought was more important. You know, for many of us here, the Father in heaven is actually calling us. But we're sitting, pursuing the thing, pursuing the dream, and we're too busy to answer the one who actually gave us the dream. We're too busy, we're so busy pursuing the call that we don't answer the call. And God is saying that I'm calling you, I'm inviting you to step off the page of the old story. If life isn't going the way that you want it to go, there is another option of the stealing, of the killing and the destroying the devil wants to do and rob you of your joy and your peace. And you can step onto the pages as you answer that invitation to come. You know, many of us here would have answered that invitation to come. That's called salvation, where we actually step onto the pages of God's incredible story for our life as we answer the call that Jesus called when he said, come. You know, some of us don't answer because we're being, doing something we think is more important. Others of us here don't answer because we're ashamed. We're ashamed of what happened to us. We're ashamed of what happened to us in the past where someone stole our innocence, where someone hurt us and they were wrong. And God is here this morning to say he saw, he knows, and he's sorry. That he actually, his heart is to call you out of that darkness, to call you out of the pain and the shame, and to write innocence and to write purity all over your life. Don't run from the God who loves you. Run to the God who's able to heal. Run to the God this morning who's able to heal and to restore. He's calling you. 
And you know, it's not a new thing for us to hide. Adam and Eve in the garden, they hid because of shame. But God's saying, come to me. I'm the God who's able to restore. I'm the God who's able to heal. And if you've never answered that call to allow God to discover you and to step onto those pages in about eight minutes, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. The Father is calling and He's calling you because where you are and where He is are two completely different places. And on His invitation, we can step out onto the waters of our insecurity, of our fears and our doubts, and we can walk to Him and we'll find Jesus, the one who can heal, the one who can restore, who can make us whole and who can make us holy. So is that you? Are you in chapter one where God is discovering you? Chapter two, in Matthew four eighteen, it says, come, that's chapter one. Or maybe you've taken that step and you, take, you need to take the next step where he says, follow me. This stage is what we call the development stage, where we've discovered Jesus. Now he's developing us in his image. And he says, follow me. I want to ask you this morning, who are you following? Now, I'm not just talking about on Instagram. I'm talking about, are you actually following Jesus? Do you know what he looks like? Do you know where he's going? Do you take time every day to look at him, to put your eyes on him and follow him? You know, the truth is that we are the sum total of the five closest people in our life. For some of us, that's a very exciting thought, that I'm growing into something good. I've got good people around me. For others of us, it's a very confronting thought, that every time I get in trouble, I seem to be spending time with these people. Every time I feel down and disappointed, I seem to be around these people. And maybe it's time to disconnect from those people and start to follow Jesus for a season because they're always pulling you down. Maybe this is your season to find a new group of people who have a community. It's called common unity. To find a connect group of people who will actually love you to life. A group of people who will actually sharpen you and help you become all that God has created you to be. And that's why the disciples said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know, some of the greatest friends I have are people who I found in connect group 15 years ago. Just the other day, going through stuff, I had to call one of them and say, hey, this is happening in our world. Can you pray for us? And just to know there's people who are always there. When we have a baby, they drop over with goods and flowers. It's people you do life in community. If you haven't found a community group, if you haven't found a connect group, can I encourage you to find one? That is where true life happens because it's people who will love you unconditionally. And in your connect group, you'll probably have three or four of them where you can take the mask off and be real. And that's where true freedom is found. Allow God to develop you. This stage is probably sometimes the most challenging stage, and I'll tell you why. Because God will ask us to let go of those things that are comfortable to move into those things that are Christ-like. Now, I'm going to tell you something which is pretty (laughs) self-evident. I go to the gym. (laughs) I do go to the gym. I know you knew that. You probably can't tell in this salmon jacket, can you, though, Hartley? But I do go to the gym, and I actually go to the gym with my two mates, Des and Troy. Hello. This is Des, this is Troy, and together they destroy. Ah! Come on, that's a dad joke. I've got four kids, and I will do them all day. You are welcome. You know, when it, common misconception when people go to the gym is that they think that muscle is built by just lifting heavy weights. And it's partly true. But the truth is, muscle is actually not built as you lift heavy weights. Muscle is built as you let go of the weights and allow the muscle to rest. And it's in the resting phase that there's new connections that form. They form bigger and stronger connections. That's where muscle grows. And this is for some of you, you're thinking, you're holding on to all this stuff, thinking, I'm I'm not letting this go. This unforgiveness of what that person did to me. You need to let that go. You need to let that pain go. That person who made you grow up too early, I know it hurt. 
I honestly know it hurt, but I'm telling you, God is here this morning. He's saying, you've got to let go of that stuff because that's the only way I'm going to build you into the person that I'm creating you to be. That's the only way that I can take you and make you like there's nothing missing and nothing broken. And you know, sometimes we think what's breaking us, all this weight, is actually not breaking you, it's building you. What you think is breaking you is actually making you into the image of Jesus Christ. But it's going to require that we let go of those addictions that we know are wrong. Let go of that old relationship that we know we're hanging on to with dear life. We're still looking at their Facebook and their Instagram. Let go of that stuff. You need to let go so you can move into the purposes and the promises of God. And this morning, God's saying, as you learn to let go of what is not Him and take hold and follow Jesus, that you will walk into the purposes and you will walk into those promises. And this is painful to let go because it's so comforting for some of us sometimes. But that unforgiveness that we're holding of someone is actually holding us like our phone tethered to a connection that we can't, the Wi-Fi that's so slow. God wants to untether you so you can walk with Him and follow Him and take steps with Him into His purposes and His promises to see you become just like Jesus, whole and holy and healthy and happy and experiencing heaven on earth. So are you in this stage? Is this the chapter of the story that you're in? where it's a bit painful, stuff's not working the way you expected. But God's saying, just stay on that treadmill of forgiveness. Just stay on that treadmill of forgiveness. There's a few more reps of forgiveness. Just, just, a few, just a few more few more laps of generosity where you actually love people, generous with your words, generous with your time, generous with your compliments, generous with your money towards the purposes of God because you're so into His kingdom, He's actually blessed you so you can be a blessing. And He says He gives seed to the sower. As you sow, God will continue to pour out. Maybe God's calling you to let some things go so you can follow Him. Chapter 1 is where He discovers you, where He says, come. Chapter 2 of your story is where He says, follow me. And that's where he develops you into the image of God. Chapter 3. Now watch this. This is the chapter that they say 85% of Christians get stuck on. We understand chapter 1 to discover God. That's called salvation. We get that in church. We understand chapter 2. That's where we have fellowship and discipleship and connect groups. But we get stuck here on this stage of our defining moment where we define who we are in Christ and what He's placed in us, the unique gifts and talents and abilities He's placed in us to minister, to meet needs. We understand what Pastor Nat and Pastor Hartley do. We understand what the, the musicians do and maybe the sound people, they, they're ministering. But do you understand the power that is in you that God has placed in you to minister, to meet needs, not only here in the church, but in the marketplace and, and in the world and in your workplace and where you are? There is a power inside of you that is greater and God wants you to discover it. Let me, let me illustrate it like this. Can someone throw me a bottle of water, please? Who's the first one? Come on, Chris. Good man. Right here, I have a bottle of what? Water. If I was to take this water and tip it out, it would be a and fill it with Coke. It would be a bottle of, no, poison. <laughs> a bottle of Coke. But if I got the Coke and I tipped it out and filled it with orange juice, it would be a bottle of orange juice. What's the point? What's inside the bottle is what defines it. You know, a lot of us have been defining ourselves by our circumstances, what people said, instead of defining it by the coalition of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I'm telling you, maybe some of us are just so full of ourselves that there's no room for God to fill us with power. And I feel I should apologize as, a ch as the church, and as the church, we probably haven't equipped our people well. 
and we're changing it. You know, we're about to start a course here at C3 Silverwater and across all our locations where we help you walk through these four purposes, where we help you to know God, where we help you to find community in connect groups, but we also help you discover your purpose. You know, in the past, we've told you about our purpose. This is what the church is all about. This is what we're doing, and that's good, and that is important. We are the bride of Christ. But unless you are activated in your gifts and your talents and your abilities, then the world will never see the beautiful tapestry and the beauty that God is writing here on earth. And so I encourage you, when that starts to jump in, because week three of that course, we're going to give you personality test, gifting test. We'll actually help you uh, discover the unique giftings that are inside of you, help you understand how God has wired you for His purpose, how God has wired you for work, how God has gifted you and graced you to, to release good into your community. You'll find out, do I have the gift of faith or the gift of giving or the gift of apostleship or the gift of teaching? You'll discover that in this course, and I encourage you to take that course and begin it will bless you because as you discover who you are you're able to become all that he's created you to be so you can do all he's created you to do and you can have all that he's created you to have and release to the earth all that he's placed in you and bring heaven to earth maybe some of you are in this defining stage where you're discovering what God has placed inside of you are you in chapter three are you spending time with the Holy Spirit allowing him to speak to you I encourage you in September as we start that, see Pastor Nat or any one of the pastors here and they'll tell you more about that course. I'm telling you, I've done it and it's one of the best things I've ever done to discover who I am. And actually in those 40 days, God started to show me how my unique personality and giftings, my ability to be creative, communicative, to be a catalyst for change, how He's created me as a communicator and all these giftings, I know who I am, I know whose I am and I know what He's called me to do. And my prayer is that you would discover that as well. And the final chapter, as the keys come, just to make me sound a little bit more holy. This is great. That God, as He takes you through the chapters of your story, He says, come, discover you. Follow me, Matthew 4.19. Follow Him. As you follow Him, you form His image. Not made by man, not made by church, not made by circumstances, but made by the Holy Spirit in you and confirmed with the people around you in that community. I will make you fishers of men. Now this confused me a little bit because I'm like, Jesus, they're already fishermen. Why are you calling them, sending them out to fish again? Because do you know that you can be doing the right thing in the wrong place? They were doing the right thing, they were fishing, but God wanted to lift them up into their redemptive purpose to deploy them to now make an eternal difference. They were making a significant difference feeding people. They were making a significant difference getting food. But now God wants to say, I want to lift you on a higher level to fish for people. You know, as if there were the tax collectors, I believe he would have said it to this, like this to them. Hey, you've been reconciling books. You're good with the books. Now I want you to reconcile the book of life to make sure that no one's missing from the book of life. You know, to me, I was working in television and I still do. I'm not saying leave your job, but allow God to show you as, he discovers, as you discover the Father's heart, as you develop in the image of Jesus, as you're filled with the Holy Spirit, allow Him to define you, that He will deploy you with Christ on this commission to make a difference. Working in television, telling any old vision. Well, whoever would pay me enough money, I'll tell that vision. But God's saying, don't just tell a vision, tell my vision. Don't just tell any story, tell my story. And here this morning, I know that people are here that God is, you're in this chapter of your story where He's deploying you. This is the deployment.
market stage, where He's deploying you back into the marketplace. He's deploying you back to start a connect group. He's deploying you to, to go to college to get equipped for the call of God upon your life. He's, he's deploying you to make a difference in, as, in the C3 cares as you love on the community. He's deploying you to make millions of dollars to finance the kingdom of God. These people are eyes, they have the vision but you're the heartbeat when you get the money. You say how much blood and how fast it's pumped so we can actually do the things that God has called us to do. Your purpose as a business person is significant in that marketplace, in what you're called to do, but God is gonna lift your vision to a higher purpose. And I wanna commission you this morning to say that if you're in that chapter of your story, shine, let your light shine for all to see that God is with you, that God is for you and God loves you. You know, as we close here this morning, Maybe you're in chapter two where God is developing you. I wanna say, allow Him to. Just a few more weights, but let go of that unforgiveness so the image of Christ can be formed in you. Oh, who would say they're in chapter two where God is just developing them? Stuff's going on, you don't understand, it's a bit painful, but it's purposeful. Just by a show of hands, who would believe they're in that stage? Awesome. Uh, who would say they're in chapter three of your story where you know God's starting to define you. He's showing you unique gifts and abilities and talents that you never knew you had, but He's showing you how that there, there's power. When you do things, it's effective. There's a power working in you and you're discovering those gifts. Who would say they're around there? Awesome. God's showing you something new. Uh, who would say that they know they're in the call? They're in chapter four of their story. And can I just say this? Look at me for a second. In some areas of your life, in your relationships, you might be in chapter three. In your finances, you might be in a different chapter. But as you locate where you are, you know what next step to take. And I encourage you this week, speak to someone and take that next step. Ask them, how can I take my next step into the purposes and promises of God? And those who would say that they're in that place where God has deployed them to make a difference. So good. You know that you are in the sweet spot of God and your purpose now is to help other people take next steps. Your purpose is to equip your children, to equip your friends, to equip those around you, to be the church, to help people take next steps out of the stealing and the killing and destroying and walk into the purposes of God. Why don't we stand here this morning?